And the text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our epistle reading for today from Revelation 21, and especially these words, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. You're invited to be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Did you know that this world was once new? I mean, I know it's hard for those of us who live, if but a hundred years, to even think back to how the world was at the beginning of our days, let alone to think back to how the world was at the beginning of days in general. In one way, when we wake up every day, it seems to us that this world just always has been and always will be. But that's not true in either case. But this world, it was once new. And when this world was new, it was awesome. Rivers of life-giving water, they flowed everywhere. The fruit on the trees was so abundant and perfect you could not even imagine it today. And best of all, God and his people dwelt there in perfect harmony. This world was new, and it was awesome. There was no pain, no suffering, no conflict. There was no death. There was only life, perfect life, lived out with a perfect God. Yes, this world was once new. Those stories you heard way back in Sunday school growing up, those ones that you have read in the scriptures in the book of Genesis, those ones that we have read in this place together, they are not myths created to bring comfort, but they are the record of reality. God created the heavens and the earth in six days, he created the plants and the animals. He created humanity, male and female. And it was very good. It was good because it was new. When I got my first car as a teenager, it was anything but new. That car was about 20 years old and had been put to daily use for all of those years. And so when I first got this car, I was tempted to go out and get one of those air fresheners that you would hang over the mirror of the car. Kids, if you don't know what I'm talking about, ask your parents. They had all sorts of scents you could choose from, but there was one that seemed like it was just what I needed. It said right on it, new car smell. It was an alluring thought that perhaps my old Chevy, 79 Chevy Malibu that was well-worn even before I got it and now was being driven around by a stinky teenage male could perhaps be made new just by putting a little air freshener over the mirror. Of course, it didn't work. I mean, that smell they called new car scent was indeed very strong initially, but then it soon faded to nothing. And never at any time did it ever even make the car seem like it was a little more new than it was. The world that you and I live in, it's old. And I'm not referring to how many years have passed since it was created, 
Though I suppose most people would think that thousands of years is pretty old as well. But I mean that it's old in the sense of that it's not new. That it's no longer perfect. That it's no longer a place where God and man could simply dwell together in peace with one another. I mean it's old in the way that it's wearing out and it's worn out. I mean there are tears and stains and it wobbles if you put any pressure on it. This world is old not solely because of the passing of time, but primarily is old because of the passing on of sin. In one sense, this world that was once new became old very quickly, with a heart that did not trust and with a mouth that bit that which was forbidden. The scent of new, it was quickly gone, replaced with the pungent odor of death instead. This world grew old so quickly and so thoroughly that it simply was not just a tinker or a fix away from being okay again. No, no amount of sewing or cleaning or carpentry work could put it back together. And it still is old. It's still wearing out. It's still worn out. And you and I know this as we deal in this world every day. Oh, we often try to kid ourselves into thinking that the world is not so old and tattered. We'll take a trip to one of the most beautiful places we can think about in order to forget about all the ugliness that we find on the earth. Or we'll relish one relationship that seems to be going so perfectly in order that we might forget for a while those ones that are a mess. We try to remember the good things that we have done in order that we might not have to remember all the bad ones. Oh yes, we try at times to run away from how old and tattered this world is. But in the end, we return to reality. We know that this world is old, and we know that there's nothing we can do to fix it. We understand that it's beyond our ability to make it new. No, there's no little trinket we can hang over the mirror of the world and bring back that new smell. But thanks be to God, it's not our job to make all things new. It's not our job to take care of the oldness of the world. No, God sent forth one whose job it was to do those things. He sent forth one who would bring an end to this old world. In the words of Isaiah, he sent one who would make rivers flow in the midst of wildernesses. He sent one who would create an entirely new heaven and earth for his people to dwell in. Even though the scriptures don't record it, I like to think that Jesus, leaving the tomb on Easter morning, spoke the words that we found in our epistle reading from Revelation today. I imagine him breathing in that fresh morning air on Easter and standing there with boldness and saying, Behold, I am making all things new. For it started there, this new making. It started with his very body. That body which had become old, not because of the passing of time, but because your sins and my sins were passed onto his body. 
that old body that Jesus had to carry around because of our sins, well, that body was destroyed. But then Christ, he made it new. And his very living flesh, that flesh that appeared to many people, that flesh which the apostles got to touch and to see, that flesh which goes into your mouth this day at the Lord's Supper, that flesh is the guarantee that Christ will make everything new. Jesus made himself new, and now he is making all things new. Even you. Yes, this world that was once new indeed became so terribly old. And you too, you are old. Old with sin, no matter your biological age. But the message today is that you don't just simply have to mourn these facts. For Christ comes right into the midst of the old. Right into the midst of the old world. Right into the midst of your oldness. And he declares, behold, I am making all things new. Yes, this one who is your Savior, who died and rose, indeed comes and makes all things new for you. He promises to you today that there is coming for you and for all who trust in him a new heaven and a new earth in which you will get to dwell. And when we get there, it will be new and it will be awesome. There will be water there running everywhere full of life. There will be no more pain or suffering or conflict. If you were to talk about death there, no one would even know what you're talking about. And best of all, God will be there dwelling with his people again. He'll walk by in the cool of the day, and we'll get to talk to him not about how we've messed up the world, as Adam and Eve had to do, but instead get to talk to him about how he's fixed the world, how he's made it all new again. And that work, which will be fully manifested on the last day, well, it occurs already now in this world as well, in bits and pieces. God's kingdom, which he will show us in fullness on that last day, comes, just as we pray, right into our lives already in this world. And things are made new. It happened when your head was made wet above the baptismal font. It happened today when you confessed your sins and were forgiven. It'll happen when you come forward to eat and to drink at this altar. You will bring your old stuff, your sin, all your troubles, your death. And Christ, he will destroy those things. And then he'll send you away with new stuff. Stuff like life and righteousness and peace. It happens all the time by God's grace that new is brought into this world. It happens every time a conflicted relationship is reconciled. It happens every time a diseased or injured body is healed. It happens every time a sinner repents and knows the peace of Jesus. Jesus makes this world new. Each and every time he brings his forgiveness, healing, and life to bear. Yes, this world was once new, and it was awesome. But you, child of God, know this. You will get to live in a new world also. 
You will get to live in a place that's even more awesome than Eden. And this not by your own doing, as if you could turn something old into something new by your power. No, it's the Lord's work, and he has done a marvelous thing in our lives. It is Jesus' work. It is the work of his resurrection, the work of resurrection that he manifested first in his own flesh, now through his church on earth, and which he will manifest fully on that last day. You will stand there in a new earth one day with the new heaven up above and you will say, behold, he makes all things new. Hallelujah and amen.